Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Angel Rita made her alphabet debut as a mid-show swing-on out of her ensemble track. They painted her green in five minutes, and she was on stage for one short day. What, what did you do today? Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Jake has a What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, this week I had the absolute pleasure of getting to see friend of the pod, Jay Rodriguez, in his original one-person show at 54 Below, A Thousand Sweet Kisses, and you guys, it's so good. Jay is so brilliant. I mean, if you listen to his episode, you know how just, like, charming and lovely he is, but oh my god, the singing unreal the the monologues absolutely hilarious it's so poignant and perfect and raunchy in all the best ways i cannot recommend this show enough i hope that they have like a recording of it or something i know they're doing a live broadcast but i hope that they record it for posterity so that we can go back and watch it again because it's just so damn good and y'all with that we gotta dive right into this week's broadway world recap brought to you by my amazing friends at broadwayworld.com First, you guys, in a very exciting casting announcement, we just got word that Chicago the Musical is going to welcome not one, but two new gentlemen into the building, both named Max. First is Max Von Essen playing Billy Flynn. And then you guys, I'm so excited that Max Clayton is playing Fred Casely. Oh, I I have been a secret fan, a, a admirer from afar of Mr. Clayton for some time, and I cannot wait to see his Fred Casely, and also I really hope that we get to do the show together because that would be so fun, and he seems like an absolute gem. So I'm very excited for both Max von Essen and Max Clayton to join Chicago on Broadway. Next, you guys, in another bit of casting news, we just got the announcement that The Notebook on Broadway is going to star Joy Woods and Ryan Vasquez in the roles of Allie and Noah. If you listen to the pod, you know that, of course, Queen Joy Woods just left the role of Audrey in Little Shop, and obviously now we get to know why, because she's going to be making this incredible musical come to life on Broadway opposite the amazing Ryan Vasquez. He is so talented and so hot. You heard it on the pod. 
and I cannot wait to see the show. It starts previews February 10th. I love this story, and I think the music is just going to be incredible by freaking Ingrid Michaelson. Come on. So very excited for Joy and Ryan and the rest of the cast. Next, you guys, the very highly anticipated Broadway revival of Cabaret transferring from the West End just announced that Eddie Redmayne is going to reprise his role as the MC and he's going to do it alongside Gail Rankin. You guys, I'm so excited for this. I was like beyond over the moon when I heard that they were doing this on the West End. And then when I got to see the production photos and like video footage, I was like, oh my God, I wish I could see that. And so now I am so excited to get to see it on Broadway. Eddie Redmayne already has an Oscar and a Tony, but he won the Olivier for this performance as the MC, and I have a sneaking suspicion that he will be up for a Tony for it. So I'm just so thrilled. I love the show so much, and I think Eddie is such an incredible actor, and I, I cannot wait to see him do this show. Next, you guys, we got the very exciting announcement that the newly reimagined production of The Who's Tommy is going to transfer to Broadway in the spring of 2024. I have never actually seen this show, but my wonderful friend Aaliyah James was actually in the award-winning run that they did at Chicago's Goodman Theater, and it was actually the highest grossing production in the history of the Goodman, and now it's going to play on Broadway. Preview performances begin March 8th with an actual opening night set for March 28th and casting will be announced soon. So you guys have to stay tuned because you know I will have all of the updates as soon as they come out. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. She is a critically acclaimed performer and also an award-winning hair and wig designer who's Current work can be seen on Broadway in Jaja's African hair braiding. You guys, I'm so excited to welcome Miss Nakia Mathis. Welcome to the hey. show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, of course. I, I cannot tell you how in awe I am of your work. But first, will you tell us where where you are calling from? Sure. I'm calling from my house in New Jersey. Ah, Jersey. <laughs> I know her well. Yes. I have a real housewife of New Jersey oh right God. now. Living the life. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, if, if only. I wish I could just right. be a real housewife of New Jersey. <laughs> nah, you have, you have more important things to be doing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Fabulous. So true. Fabulous. So you can you can just pop into the city whenever you need to come in for work and stuff, and then yeah, you know, I used to like you know take the bus and the train more often until you know COVID, and now I'm driving, and the amount I'm paying first, uh, the amount I'm paying for parking, and also the amount I'm paying on parking tickets, girl, is like that is the tea. ridiculous because I exactly. had I had a car the first week I lived here. I think I maybe had a car a total of 10 days in New York City. I got three parking tickets. Yes. Ridiculous. It's insane. It's, the signs are confusing. And I'm like, wait, if I can't park here, why is there a row of cars parked here that right. have no tickets on exactly. it? And I'm the only one who got a ticket. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, once you make it into Manhattan, <laughs> you're golden. You find your parking spot. And then... 
Yes. You have your hand in so many different shows because you are not only a, a hair and wig designer, a supervisor, but you're a performer. And I think I'm just so yeah. excited to hear about sort of the, the Venn diagram of, of those things and the overlap because mm-hmm. um, the most recent thing that I got to see your work in is Jaja's African hair braiding, which we will of yes. course be talking about. But um, <laughs> I also was such a fan of your work in Chicken and Biscuits. Uh, Douglas Lyons, oh. a friend of the pod, he's been on the show and yes. he's a gem of a human. Um, yes. It, I was so thrilled for um, for Doug, you know, to have his show uh, open on Broadway, but also to be able yep. to see him lift up so many people of color on that platform Mm -hmm. and I would just love to hear about how you even got connected with with that show yeah no that's so crazy um yes I to be honest I don't even know all I know is uh in you know 2019 I was working on um Jocelyn Beal's uh, show at MCC, Nollywood Dreams. Mm-hmm. Of course, like when we were about to go into tech the day before tech, they said, uh, yeah, you got to go home. Right. <laughs> we're going to come back. Um, then, you know, COVID took its turn. And I remember actually I was working on like an individual client in COVID and it, and I was doing this. um, I was actually working at Baltimore center stage doing one of those like remote shows where they film the show uh, in COVID. But there was another client who had asked me to do a wig for her. And there was so much back and forth and miscommunication and that specific wig went awry and I felt so bad. And I actually got into a state of depression from that for some reason, Mm. because I, I, she was a person of color. I wanted to make sure she felt good, but the, the circumstances around it just weren't that great. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And I would say, you know, I was just in therapy. I went to LA like to just get away <laughs> and right. Like uh-uh, I'm go, I'm running away I from life gone. right now. Thank you. Exactly. I don't care about anybody, anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, but of course that wasn't real. It was just the heart talking. Um, and then like, I would say maybe a month, maybe a month, maybe two months. It was a short time later. Didi uh, Aidi, uh, Tony-nominated costume designer, reached out to me and said, "Hey, uh, this show's going to Broadway. Do you want to design it?" And I was like, "Er, yeah, uh, rich. Uh, okay, <laughs> you know, it was it was my first Broadway show, and I had just decided that, yeah, this this is not for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, the load that this is, and I, I realized in that moment that." I think that was the first moment I realized that usually when there is a storm, the blessing comes after it. Like I've realized in so many moments of my life, like, oh, that's just there to test you. Right. That is actually a bit of a distraction to try to break you. If you can overcome it, you're actually going to be better. And you needed that to learn a thing. 100%. So, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So then I got on Chicken and Biscuits. I was so excited, you know, to do my first Broadway show and scared. Like, wait a minute, there's a Broadway. Right. Now I don't know. <laughs> I like, you know, I've done, sh- I had done shows off Broadway, of course, but it was like, oh, wait a minute. This is a new thing. It's a different thing. Like, maybe I need a different skill set. Right. Um, and of course, you know, and, and on a certain level, it is like, it's bigger business, mm-hmm. right? The budget sometimes is larger. Right. <laughs> sometimes it's not. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and there are like, there are like, you know, you, you cross your T's and dot your I's maybe right. a bit more, but, but it was great. Like what I really appreciated is that there were so many Broadway debuts on that show. Like it just really created a platform for so many people. And I was grateful. Totally. And I, I loved getting to see it because it, um, I know it meant so much to Douglas to have yeah. his work, you know, put on that, that level, you know, and sort of like mm-hmm. level up everything. Um, yeah. But I have to ask you about Jaja's African hair braiding because sure. this show, I mean, the writing alone was just superb. The, the material is so yes. incredible, but to have a show as a hair and wig designer that like, it, it's so integral to the storytelling mm-hmm. and to the experience of these black women in this mm-hmm. hair braiding salon. Like what was that like to, to get the opportunity to just play and like create this world through, through hair? Listen, first of all, I heard about this show in 2019. I was working on Jocelyn's show Nollywood Dreams and she mentioned that she and Whitney were workshopping it but that's all she mentioned it and in the back I was like oh that sounds amazing and in the back of my mind I was like please let me do this show please hire me on this show because it is like you know a wig designer slash stylist dream Mm -hmm. it's set like first of all I want to just get up like when I see the set I just want to get up on the stage and play on it and just like pretend I worked there in the first place right (laughs) but like the when I actually got the offer, it was like, whoa! I, it felt really surreal because you know, like when something like when you get the thing that feels like a dream, like job to do. It's like, wait, did I really just get this? Okay, let me let me brace myself, you know. And you know the the question of can I do this? Like, what is this going to be? You know, I what I envisioned in my mind interestingly enough, was not at all what it was. I think I was like, okay, yes, we're going to have fantastic styles on stage. We're going to try to like make it great. And I don't think I even realized the work (laughs) that was going to, you know, it's like, oh yes, we're going to, we're going to do micro braids. You know, we're going to do this. And it's like, wait, but you actually have to do those micro braids, Nakia. You actually have to spend the hours and the labor on doing all of that. And I think that's not, I I don't know that I took that into account. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but, but it was great. <laughs> I mean, I was so impressed by the complete array of styles on stage. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is language that is just, um, inherent to the black experience that I think audience sure. members may not even like white audience members or, or like non-black mm-hmm. audience members might not mm-hmm. know. Um, I think that's really exciting because it's sure. just a lesson in like 
just shut yeah. up and have a seat for a second and like maybe yeah. learn something yeah, from yeah, this. Yeah. But like seeing people do, like you said, like box braids in real time and like sewings mm-hmm. and all these things. I mean, they're just, yeah. I think it's so, and not to, you know, get up on a soapbox as a fucking white person, but like there are <laughs> so many pieces and elements of black hair that are just not talked yeah. about specifically because white people have no frame of yeah. reference for it. And That's right. I just, it was so exciting to get to see it so normal on stage. Like this is yeah. every person in that show. This is their job. This is their life. This is their lived experience. Yeah. So can you tell me about maybe what, what led you as a performer to then create your own, mm-hmm. um, your own like brand and foundation for actresses, the, yeah, no, totally. Well, first of all, like just to to piggyback on what you were saying about you, there are so many elements of black hair that uh, white people don't necessarily know about. I feel like that is exactly what led me to create Actress's Hair. Um, I, as a performer, I found myself sitting in, um, you know, whether it's on set or in theaters um, sitting in the chairs of designers or on-set stylists that pretty much looked at my hair like it was a problem or wanted me to handle my own hair. Um, and I felt like untaken care of and I felt like swept to the side. Mm-hmm. And I knew that my acting actor friends were feeling the same way. They would reach out to me and say, hey, Nakia, I'm in a show. I'm the one black girl in the show and they haven't figured out my hair. Can I pass on your information or hey Nakia I'm the one black girl in the show they are not taking care of hair can I just purchase a wig for you my from you myself right because I know that if I don't I'm going to go out on that stage looking a mess and be completely insecure you know walking out in front of this crowd so like those things would happen or I would be in a show and be doing my castmates hair because the theater didn't um, have anyone who could do, uh, you know, natural hairstyles. So I would do my, like I would be playing double duty and not, and I wasn't getting paid for it or even getting, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I wasn't even getting credit for it. But the funny thing is that, you know, I think sometimes when you have a natural talent, you take for granted the value of it. So I was like, no, like, come here, let me do your hair. Like, I can do that for you. Let me help you. Mm-hmm. And I don't need anything for it. I just, I really did just want to help my friends because they seem to be in such a a conundrum and, you know, in such a a challenging space for something that I did really easily. And mm-hmm. I think for me as an actor, because I could do my own hair, when when people made me feel a certain way, I would say, okay, I'm going to handle this myself. Like I had a solution, but the challenge is that when they felt um, swept to the side, they didn't have a solution. Right. And I really just felt like I wanted to be a help and I wanted to be the solution. So that's ultimately what happened. And I think actors continued to like reach out to me and pass my name to costume designers and theaters. And it really just snowballed from there. But there was never a time where I said, I'm going to quit acting and design. Uh It just like kept going. Like I remember in, in, was it 20, maybe was it 2018 or 2019? I think I was in um, fabulation at the signature 
theater and I remember leaving rehearsal and running to Playwrights Horizons to do an actor's hair oh for that show. God. Like exactly like that would be my life. But it also felt like I also felt like I had purpose in that. Mm-hmm. And I think there was something I think I was also chasing purpose in terms of chasing design because sometimes as an actor I didn't always feel valuable or I felt like you could take me or leave me if I don't do it you'll plug somebody else in but I knew that yeah in terms of design there was nobody else really doing it wow that's just amazing yeah I I just have to say that I would imagine that for the for the people that you design for and you know actually do their hair it must just be Mm -hmm. such a relief and like a just a reason to like let your shoulders down because you can just yes. trust that you are in the correct hands and like there yeah. like your natural hair is not going to get damaged like you, yes. you have the frame of reference of, of being a performer so you know how it feels yeah. to go on stage and feel the part and feel like you are beautiful and correct so I, and that's exactly right yeah that's right Jake like I I think people don't really always realize the level of like um, vulnerability an actor has stepping on a stage. And, you know, sometimes like there are insecurities, like you, you just don't know. Sometimes, you know, you, the rehearsal process may have only been two weeks. You feel underprepared and then like your hair looks a mess, you know, all of those things. And I like, there, there are times when an actor, there have been not, there there have been multiple times when an actor has run into the hair room crying and I have literally told them to sit down and I have just massaged their shoulders or held their hand and prayed for them. Like hair and the care for hair actually like just goes so much deeper. I feel like sometimes like I'm there as the wig designer, but I'm really there for like a, a another purpose. <laughs> yes. And I think yeah. that's honestly kind of beautifully reflected in Jaja because the, those women, you know, who come into the salon and are like, I need this, like, please help me. Yeah. I need this, that, and the other thing. And then you, yeah. know, like you get to see like a physical transformation of, of these people and they get to leave the salon mm-hmm. with like their joy. It's just, it's just amazing. And I'm, you know, I could talk about all the shows that you've designed for, but this one is just so, so stunning and I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, no, I think, I agree. I think Jaja is amazing. I think about the um, character of Chrissy who comes in and wants the Beyonce braids <laughs> because it's her birthday, yes! you know, and she really, right. <laughs> she really is completely transformed. Like she comes in, you know, looking one way and then she has braids to the floor. To the and, then, floor. and even though, to the floor exactly and even though she doesn't like she's just excited but we don't actually get to hear her say all of the ways that she feels grateful to Ndidi who has done her hair but it really is it's personal Mm -hmm. you know and I, I feel like you know some actors you know who I style they have alopecia you know some actors you know you just really don't know what's going on in people's scalps right what hair problems they have so like it's really important to me to even just like start with the actor. What is going on with you as a person? What's going on with your hair? What are you actually comfortable with? And then let's go from there versus like me saying, okay, listen, it's my job to put a wig on you. We're going to put a wig on you, you know, like, no, but who are you? What are you going through? Like, let's start from there. Wow. Well, I want to, I want to ask a little bit more about that and maybe just, you know, in 
specifically in, in reference to this show. I have a little experience. I worked at SNL in the wig room. And so I'm, I'm oh. used to ventilating and, and, you know, figuring out. Really? Like, yes. But I don't, oh my God. I've never, you know, taken on the role of like designer. So like, okay. could you share a little bit about like, maybe from the ground up for a show like this, where it's like the hair is a huge element of the show. So yeah. they say, here is basically your budget and you go for it. Or like, how do you even begin to be like, okay, I need this hair. I need you to order this hair. These wigs that maybe are already made versus custom wigs. Like you're also, there are so many crazy things. I mean, I'm sorry, I'll let you talk, but I'm just like, I'm so obsessed with this show because like we're literally watching someone tie in braids or like sew mm-hmm, in tracks mm-hmm. on stage and mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden they have to the floor box braids like how do you even exactly. think about that I know you're you're so right how did this start like it's it's interesting because I have these artistic conversations with Jocelyn and Whitney about you know okay so how do we even start with determining what the styles are so Jocelyn of course wrote in the script you know, uh, Vanessa comes in and says, I want box braids. So we know we have to do box braids. And she specifically says, I don't want the parts to be too big. Okay, great. So we know we have to do box braids. We know that Jennifer comes in and asks for micro braids. Okay, boom. Now, then the question is, in terms of the nuance of that, who are these people? Um, How do we determine, because you have, we know, oh, boom, we have to do box braids and micro braids. But even above that, now it's like I think all I thought all I initially thought about was oh yes box braids micro braids Beyonce braids but these people have to come in with a style so who are these people who actually come in and and what does their natural hair look like too so everybody at least has two styles right right so then okay then there's that which I don't think I thought about initially um of course when I got into the nuance of actually designing I did so for instance Vanessa so then we go with well well let's go back to like budget so you know what's what was awesome about this is that Whitney from the jump said listen this play could be done in a black box theater with no set no nothing but it cannot be done without the hair and that was the first time I had ever felt as a wig designer as value Hell, you know yeah. of course costume designers value me often you know like costume designers, you know but but in terms of a theater saying no we're not starting with set we're not starting with lights we're not starting with we are going to start with the hair and i want you to give nikia the support she needs like that was pretty revolutionary because even in like a production meeting wigs sometimes they won't even so they'll they'll say, hey, we uh, set designer, what are your thoughts? You know, lighting designer, what are your thoughts? Then they'll sometimes stop at costumes and not even say anything uh-huh. to wigs. Or if they say, if they call wigs, I will be the last on the list. Mm-hmm. And that really is the case. You, yes, I'm sure you know. You know, that that's also the case in terms of budget. Wigs is the last on the list for whatever reason. And again, I won't even talk about how there's no Tony Award for wig designers. You know, that's another story. (laughs) Right? Like, what? 
That's yeah, some bullshit. You understand. Yep. It's some bull. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But like, so the things that we talked about was we really started talking about the socioeconomic um, background of each woman. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we got into the space of determining, okay, how do these women walk in? So for instance, you have Vanessa, who's played by Lakeisha May, and then you have Sheila, who's played by Lakeisha May. So Vanessa yes. is... She right. She's a nurse, and but she potentially maybe lower middle class. And then you have Sheila, who is a working woman, a businesswoman. So she's coming in with a straight bob, which is so <laughs> different from what Sheila is coming in. Right? Sheila's coming in with a natural twist out. Um, and if we had longer, I would talk to you about what a what a twist out is. But their hair is definitely a reflection of their socioeconomic status. So that's really where we started, which was a good like key into uh, where, what the hair would be because, you know, anybody could have any kind of style. I could have said, Vanessa, we're just going to give you long, straight hair. Okay, that's fine. You know, we could have, that would be valid too. But knowing who she was and where she came from was really important. Wow. I would say. And then, right. And then, like, to go on, like, what we had to do, the biggest thing I was trying to figure out is how, (laughs) so you know that Vanessa comes in and asks for box braids, then she falls asleep on stage. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I really didn't think that Whitney was going to really let this woman stay on stage the whole time. I was thinking, oh, she's going to bounce you know, off the stage. I saw her run through and I was like, um, Whitney, do, are you, sh- you know, she missed her cue. She never left. <laughs> and of course, you know, Whitney's <laughs> like, no, she is staying on stage. So when I realized that I actually was going to do that transformation a different way. So of course, as you know, she comes in with a twist out and she leaves with box braids down to her back mm-hmm. and she never leaves the stage. So I remember seeing the run through and I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do what I thought I was going to do with this woman's hair. How am I going to make this work? And I remember going home and I I just went home over the weekend and I worked on that thing and said, oh, it's going to have to be this. But how do I do that? And, and I just, there was a brainstorming moment. Um, my associate and I talked through it and I just played like I took the the wig home, played with it, tried to work it out. The, the day that we were going to be on stage working on it, I was so nervous. I was like, please let this work. Please let it work. And Whitney was so gracious because the first time it didn't work as smoothly with the actress. And I was like, oh, it's not going to work. And Whitney was like, it's okay. Like she, that was the first time we had actually done it. So like, it's okay. Um, and now like, I really am like in awe that the trick that we, you know, have played with is working every night. It's so yeah. Amazing. It, it, it really, I mean like for every style that they have to create and you know, just like the, the ways that like, if people do leave the stage and then there's like, they come back with like just a little bit more done, like throughout like the, whatever, nine or 10 hours of, yes. of the show of like creating these, these braids. Right. It's just so cool. So then do you, do you say like, these are the styles for each track and whatever. And then 
we have to maintain them. So like you have to sort of disassemble, I would imagine, whatever you have sort of built mm-hmm. on the stage so then it can be mm-hmm. reset for the next performance. So whose job is that to, yep. to um, make sure that they stay ready and stay beautiful? Yeah, we have um, a wig crew at Zsa's that I, I call the Braid Gang. As <laughs> these group of Black women that, well, actually, the Braid Gang is even larger than our wig crew. Like we, we have a team. You know, some of them helped to braid, some of them helped to build, and then we have three women who are on our crew that are, as you say, disassembling wigs, restyling them uh, every night, uh, blocking them, making sure that they are ready for the next performance. And they're they're really great. Wow. I feel like, you know, there's such great chemistry between the wig crew and the actors. It, it literally feels like a family. And I think that's how it should be. You know, sometimes in theater, it is that. Sometimes it's not. And I'm really grateful that on this one from the jump, even in the rehearsal process, um, I had some of my wig crew there working because for me, it's, it's really helpful to have people starting to work together, like um, wig hair crew and actors meeting each other early. It's just it's just helpful for me, I feel like, in terms of establishing a, repo- a rapport because relationship is helpful when somebody is in your hair every night. Mm hmm. So yeah, so those so I would say uh Tanika, China, and Adenike are our wig crew and they're really doing an awesome job. Fierce. Come on, shout out, ladies, because th- <laughs> exactly. that work is no fucking joke. So <laughs> switching gears a little bit, I would love to know if there is a difference in the way that you approach designing um a play versus a musical. You had the opportunity to design Once Upon a One More Time. And I'm sure that that is a very different uh, sort yeah. of beast to tackle because you're dealing with, you know, I mean, apart from like the subject matter and, you know, not just um, POC actors, uh-huh. but like they're moving. This this involves like dancing. So is there a, a way that yes. you sort of approach that? Yeah, I would say so. So interestingly enough, I, I do feel like Zsa's feels somewhat similar to a musical in that there are so many quick changes. Mm. And because um, there, because of the amount of quick changes and wigs going on and off, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of them similarly to musicals in that I want to make sure that the structure of the wig stays is is pretty sturdy Mm -hmm. so even like when I think about like the type of lace that I'm using in musicals I'm often trying to use a sturdier lace to maintain the structure I think though the thing that I've learned about musicals particularly when there's a lot of dancing is that you know you can have a really pretty hairstyle but that style has to last throughout all of the shenanigans of the dancing right (laughs) so like that that's the that's the thing that I start to think about in terms of musicals but with musicals I still do start with the style and then I start to think about after that huh how do we make this um how do we make how do we solidify this wig to make sure that the style will remain intact throughout the dancing and depending on what the style of the show is and what the era is it's easier sometimes and sometimes it's not as easy particularly if you want 
like I think about Once Upon a One More Time, one of our actors had uh, beach waves. And and beach waves are beach waves. Like, or and there was beach waves and then there was, um, there were like these Hollywood, um, old Hollywood vintage waves. And early on, like the waves would like become disheveled. And we learned, you know, throughout, you know, throughout the time how to like uh, keep them a little bit more intact. And sometimes the style is just the style and that you are, are actually, um, what is the word, you know, fixing it up daily. And then some, there are some styles where you can just, you can go like a few days and not really have to touch it, but just to kind of like brush some, you know, stray hairs. Mm -hmm. So I I do feel like every show is a little bit different, but I definitely for um, musicals really trying to make sure that styles are solidified is, is really the biggest thing. Wow. That is so cool. Well, I, would love to know, switching gears again, about your upbringing and if mm-hmm. that influenced your sort of inherent ability to do hair. You mentioned earlier, you know, how it, it just sort of came naturally or maybe more naturally to you than to others. And I'd love to know, was that like yeah. something that, you know, was sort of like built up through your, your childhood and into adulthood? Yeah, no, that's so interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know. I know when I was a little girl, um, I had little cousins and my, we would all be at my grandma's house and my grandma would, um, I have a cousin that's about 10 years younger than me. So I would say, I guess I was around 10 and my, I would see my grandma braiding her hair and I, I really wanted to braid her hair too. You know, she was a baby, you know, so I wanted to like take care of her and like play with her. And I asked my grandmother to teach me how to braid. And my grandmother taught me to braid then. And I just really remember, you know, playing with my little cousin's hair and then playing, of course, playing with my Barbie's hair. But I don't remember really wanting to folk or thinking that, oh, I'll be a hairstylist. Like I wasn't thinking along those lines Mm -hmm. at that time. Um, Really, to be honest, there was just a time when um, I think in ninth grade, I was bored one summer and I started just doing my own hair and trying different things out, like putting in weaves and, you know, sewing in tracks and things like that, or doing like these ponytails with like long hair and then I would go to school and my friends would say can you do my hair like that and and I would say oh okay you know like (laughs) sure I guess you know and then like I started having a love for I think there was just like a love for helping people and seeing them feel good about themselves but during that time I was really I had also developed a love for acting as well so that was just something I was doing on the side and I was really, you know, like I was in the drama club and like Mm -hmm. going to these drama competitions every weekend, like winning awards. So I think in the back of my mind, I thought, Oh, if I don't act, I guess my backup would be cosmetology school maybe, but I didn't really think that I would really do that. It was just Mm -hmm. like, okay, well I know that I have something like just in case. But yeah, it was, I was still pursuing acting. Wow. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then you went to NYU Tisch for your acting degree. Mm-hmm. So then what is the sort yes. of like trajectory for you from like, okay, I'm, I'm going to major in this this is what I'm going to focus on to being you know a professional working actor I mean I think it's just so exciting that you were able to sort of hit the ground running and and work all over the place yeah. you've worked at the Guthrie in my home of Minnesota you've done incredible oh my things gosh yes. like, what was what was your sort of um your hope or like your your first goal that you w- wanted to to achieve as a performer you know what? I remember being in when I was at NYU um, in the grad program. All, the biggest thing I wanted was for was to be in a professional production. Like it could have, it could be regional, it could be whatever, so that my uh, family would say, "Oh, you're a real actor." Yes. Like my, I feel like the hopes were low. I just wanted them to validate and say, "Oh, I see, you are doing this thing," because you know. I feel like as an actor, people can like sometimes undermine you. And mm. if you are not on TV, they think you're not really doing anything. Sure. Um, so, you know, I just that that was the biggest thing I wanted. And and I have had the pleasure of working at some major regional theaters and also in New York, you know, in originating you know, um, world premiere plays, which was amazing. You know, not long after um, school, I did the brother sister plays by Terrell McCraney at the public theater. And, you know, Terrell has gone on to casual. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like it just crazy. Like seeing my name and like, you know, these books as like the first person to, ever do it is is kind of like awesome yeah and you know even like fabulation like when i did it um at the signature that was like the first um i think maybe new york revival of that play so like to work directly with lynn nottage was awesome so like yeah i've done i feel like i've really developed i really established a foothold in New York as an actor. So right. then to like pivot and then like, you know, go a slight different way. It was, it was not my plan at all, mm-hmm. but I do, I will remember at NYU because when I was there, I would also again, do my classmates hair because again, like there was no support. You're not really going to get much hair support in an, a university program. Right as an actor at all. So I remember thinking, I remember talking to Maggie Raywood, who was uh, in the grad costume design program and saying, Hey, is this a thing? Like, do people is, do people, are there hair wig designers? I hadn't learned anything about that. Um, 
And I just remember asking her about that. And I just remember there being like a little something in my heart that was like, that would be awesome if I could do hair for actors too. But I had no idea how to go about it. So basically I graduated and just pursued like acting. Like it was just like a little, a little sprinkling of light that like touched inside my belly. And then I just kept doing the thing that I uh, got all these student loans to do, you know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, I think it's such an amazing, um, you know, sort of testament to, to staying open to anything that comes your way because you clearly have this, you know, inherent skill and this, this passion for hair that otherwise maybe would have just stayed with you as a hobby and you know you could have just continued to do your own hair but you have been able to forge this incredible career and now you are you know a very sought after hair and wig designer as well as performer do you think that there is right it's crazy where you would act in a show that you design as well Listen, that is my dream. Like I am, and I think what I, I'm, I'm a little crazy because <laughs> I keep doing hard things like this, you know, wig design is not easy at all, but there is something that I just won't stop, you know, as, <laughs> as challenging as it can get sometimes. Um, but yeah, my dream is to act and design a show. And I don't know how that's going to happen. But I absolutely believe that it can happen because, you know, yeah. crazier things have happened. Right. Um, but, you know, now it's like, okay, well, what is the show? Who's going to give me the opportunity? Mm-hmm. Am I going to have to like create it myself? Do I need to write a play? I was going to say, know, do you think it's something that's already been it? written? Or maybe if there is a show that's already been written, what, which show would it be? Oh my gosh. You know, well, to be real, like, Jaja's would have been an amazing show, but but honestly, all of the actors in this show are perfect for those roles. Yeah. But like, if I was, if I if I did it, well, I think as an actor, my dream has always been to play a hairstylist. Of course, now that I am a hairstylist, maybe I don't really have to play a hairstylist because <laughs> I get to do it. But like, it it would just be, you know, it just feels like you know a kid in a candy shop to play a hairstylist. But that would be more of a fun, like, oh, I got to play a hairstylist and really like do some hair. Yes. On camera um right you know what that's a great question in terms of what show I would like to be in and wig design I'm not sure I can't say for certain if that show has been written yet Hmm. I feel like I imagine that it may be a new show that's like in in my fantasy world I think that it is um yeah, I think that it is. I'm trying to I'm trying to like go down my mental Rolodex of all the shows that have ever been written in in life. Um it might come to me, but right now I think it's not it hasn't been written. Yes, I love that. Well, I also would just love to ask before totally. I, I I have a, you know, a fun little segment of musical theater rapid fire questions that I ask all my guests, but before that, I would love to just ask if there is um a difference for you in approaching a show that um is about the black experience or if there are shows that you would like to act in and design and maybe both that have less to do about you know sort of the the plight and struggle of of 
the black experience, maybe specifically in America too. I mean, Jaja is obviously set mm-hmm. in 2019 in Harlem, which is a very specific mm-hmm. and sort of heavy dynamic. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because I know that Jaja's comments on politics, but I, I also, th- this is an interesting thing because sometimes I feel like as a person of color, we don't always have the luxury to not comment on the struggle. Now, I now that's not to say that every day in every conversation I'm talking about, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Like, <laughs> well, right, not at course. all, right? But but I do feel like in terms of the politics of being black in this country, like even you know what we're looking at in terms of. Um, you know, the world and like the wars that are being fought today, Mm -hmm. there is a comment on, there's a comment on culture and race, even in, in the world at large. And I think when you're a person of color, it's hard to remove yourself from that. What I would love though, and I feel like Jaja's does it on a certain level because it is a day just in the life of some people and everybody doesn't necessarily comment on, everybody doesn't walk in and say, I'm a black person and you know, it's hard for me. We do talk about the struggles of being an immigrant in the country, but it would be awesome to simply do a play where there are people of color living their lives Mm -hmm. And I would say what I what I would not want and what I tend to shy away from are shows where people are trying to, quote, diversify. So I feel like sometimes they will drop a black actor into a role that was not at all meant for them mm-hmm. and not even address the fact that, well, this is a black actor and their culture and the story would be different, you know, even in the way that they might move across the stage or the way that they might show up is different. And I feel like sometimes we try to pretend that we are being progressive in a way that we're not. Um, The other thing is that I've learned is that when you put a black body on a stage, it automatically becomes political because our bodies unfortunately are there is a politic around like being uh, a person of color in this country Mm -hmm. um but i would say it is it is important for me because i know that we are constantly struggling to be seen it's important for me to create stories where we see the nuance of people of color Mm. so whether we talk about being of color or not i want to see the nuance of a person of color being in love. Yeah. I want to see the nuance of, you know, uh, going to college, getting a scholarship. I want to, I do want to see us on a stage without struggle. Mm-hmm. But the tricky thing is that humanity is always struggling in some type of way. Totally. So it's, it's tricky, right? Totally. Well, I'm, I'm just so grateful that um, we can continue to have conversations like this and, you know, for, for you to be yeah. so open and, um, and candid because I'm, I just love to learn and I, I love to ask questions and I know that, you know, yeah it's all, it's just so important for us to continue to talk about this. And I, I'm so grateful that you were here. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The time has come for me to ask you a series of musical theater rapid-fire questions. Oh, Lord. Okay. These are not trivia questions. These are... These are... Questions specific to you. Are you ready? Okay, okay. Okay, I am ready. And I have not acted in a musical. Oh my God. Well. <laughs> I don't sing. Oh, please. You can sing. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? Mm, Sondheim. Sweatpants or jeans? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeans. Oh, do you have a favorite musical? Hmm, I would say <laughs> I'm. I'm really looking forward to the Soul Train musical. I would <gasps> say I really like the Temptations musical. Yes. Do you have a least favorite mm-hmm. musical? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, anything written. I don't want to say that, but I don't say tend it. to like. Uh, older musicals like i'm i don't know yeah i don't want to say we need to see oklahoma um right (laughs) do you have a favorite play um you know i'll say my the favorite the favorite role i've had was skeleton crew um by dominique moriso i really love the character incredible and you you originated that yeah, I did. I did. Wow. I really loved that that character. Are you a morning person or a night owl? Oh, the older. First of all, I used to be a night owl. And now as I'm getting older, somehow I've become a morning person. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, could you think of the craziest thing a director has ever asked you to do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um... Oh, uh, shoot. What is the craziest thing? Uh, um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I feel like there's gotta be some crazy. Oh, I just remember we were doing, I was working with Tina Landau and we were doing some, I don't, we were doing the brother sister plays and there was this, this movement, this type of movement that she does. And we were just like going across the room within all of these like weird shapes and I I had no idea wait what what is the name of that I can't even think of the name of it but it was just like it was so weird but it, it ended points, up being honey. so helpful viewpoints duh <laughs> see that's how long I've acted um we were doing viewpoints and I was like what is this and but it was so integral it became so integral to the show mm. <laughs> yeah oh god queen tina landau um, do you right? have a favorite costume that you have ever worn? Hmm. Favorite costume. Yeah, I remember being in grad school. 
uh, and we were doing Shakespeare and I remember, uh, I was, they put me in this like, uh, cute maid's costume, but what I remember, it was like 19, it was 1950s-esque though. And I remember I couldn't grasp the role until I put on those, put on that costume in those 1950s cat eye glasses. Mm. And all of a sudden I was the person, which just speaks to how much hair costume and hair and wigs are integral to a character's journey. Oh, yes. Yeah. What is the hardest show that you have ever done, either as a performer or a designer? Ooh, ooh. So when you say hard, do you mean work or like just tumultuous atmosphere? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think maybe the, the work. The work. I would say... Uh, oh, it's tricky. There have been like some really long. <sighs> I'm going to say Jaja's was the hardest and most joyful at the same time. Mm. I've never been in a space where it was hard work and I was like, how the heck am I going to do this? But I felt so held. Nice. So I'll say Jaja's. Love that. Um, Coffee or tea? Tea, please. Tea. Oh, how do you take it? <laughs> you know, um, my grandma used to put uh milk in her tea. Um, I think milk and sugar. Love. Well, Nikia, mm-hmm. my last question for you, which is a question I ask all of my guests, is what is one thing that you would tell baby Nikia? I would tell baby Nakia that she is going to be trying to figure it out and figure out the path. And she, there's no way that she can know because if she already knew, then she wouldn't need God. Um, So I would tell her that it's already, as long as she keeps walking, the light, she will, the path will start to light up for her and she'll find her way. I love that. Well, Nakia, thank you, thank you so much for being on the pod. You are just such a delight. Yay. Can you share um, where the listeners can find you on socials to keep up with all your incredible sure. work? Absolutely. So you can find me, my hair pages, our underscore black underscore tresses. Um, and then my personal page is at Nikia Mathis, N-I-K-I-Y-A-M-A-T-H-I-S. Yes. And for the listeners, you have got to see Jaja's African hair braiding on Broadway. Yes. Thank you so Thank much you for so doing much. this. This was so fun. This was so much fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. <laughs> You guys, that's it for another crazy episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.